It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Jets-Redskins post-game report. So for that, we bring in the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stupakowski. Matt, I heard there were quite a few Jets fans in D.C. today. My friend Steve was there. I attended the Eagles game with him a few weeks ago when Luke Falk was the quarterback. I can assure you there were very few Jets fans in attendance that day, but it sounds like Jets fans really showed up for this one. Yeah, a lot of green in the stands at a lovely FedEx field in land over there. And uh, yeah, I've been bumping into people wearing Jets stuff all over D.C. this weekend, too. So uh, definitely a pretty healthy traveling contingent down here. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this game, Matt. And the first thing that we have to talk about, obviously, is the performance of Sam Darnold. He played very, very well last week against the Giants. No mistakes. There was a big mistake in this one. He threw a terrible interception where, again, he was off balance, and he should not have thrown the ball. I don't know what he was looking at. But other than that, he played a really, really strong game. 19 of 30, almost 300 yards passing, four touchdowns. Becomes only the second quarterback under the age of 23 for this franchise to throw for four touchdowns or more in a single game. It was a really strong performance. By the way, that number courtesy of Michael Nania, the man who brings us all the stats and, of course, appears once a week here on Chronicles of Nania. So if you're a Jets fan, win or lose going into this game, you really wanted a strong performance from Darnold, and you sure got it today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the most important thing these next seven weeks so the final six seven weeks of the season here is just kind of how Darnold does how he progresses all that stuff basically the same stuff we were talking about this time last year right where you know this season's all about Sam you know taking strides forward and uh he certainly did a nice job on Sunday uh you know for the most part took care of the ball with obviously that one you know glaring exception um but yeah it was a productive day uh the offense Came out of the gate strong, scored on that first drive once again for the fourth straight game. And uh, I think maybe the most encouraging thing if you're a Jets fan is the fact that uh, even last week when the offense put up a bunch of points, they had a, a you know an extensive lull where they didn't do anything for basically the entire second quarter and most of the third quarter. That never really happened today. They were uh, relatively consistent. They never went more than two drives in a row without points. Um, you know, if they went two drives where they got nothing, they got something on the third drive. And, uh, you know, not falling into to big slumps within the game here is certainly uh, kind of a good sign as far as you ask me. It's probably the most complete offensive performance that this team has had so far this season. So, uh, you know, in that regard, certainly something you would want to see if you're a Jets fan, some good news there, uh, even if you do have to take it a little bit with a grain of salt given who they're playing. 
Really strong performance from Darnold's weapons today, specifically Ryan Griffin. Boy, he put on a show, two touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving. It was the most receiving yards in a game by a tight end since Dustin Keller. Michael Nania dug that one up too, so that's a blast from the past for sure. Jamison Crowder had a really nice day too. Demarius Thomas pitched in. Robbie Anderson had a touchdown even though he only had six yards. He did also draw a big penalty. So this was one where Darnold was spreading the ball around. We even saw Le'Veon Bell lined up as a wide receiver, and he made a nice play for a first down. So Darnold was slinging it all over to everybody. Let's start with Griffin. Here's a guy who was brought in mostly just to hold down the fort until Christopher Herndon came back, and he's turned into the starting tight end for the majority of the season. Can't block at all, Matt, but he's actually been a pretty solid receiving threat. Nobody's going to confuse him for Rob Gronkowski, but he's been a decent target for Sam Darnold this season. Yeah, he definitely has been. And uh, Griffin at that at this point is kind of uh, on pace for a career year, actually, which is pretty wild to think about. I mean, the guy was unsigned. He was homeless for a lot of the offseason there where he was, uh, you know, he got cut during the offseason by the Texans and was floating around without a team for a few months and gets signed right before training camp by the Jets. And now all of a sudden he's got a career high in touchdowns and, uh, you know, he's got a chance to break his career high for receiving yards at some point here, too. I think he's about 200-ish yards short. So, you know, still a hill to climb there, but certainly within reason over the next six weeks here. But, um, yeah, really nice game from uh, Griffin. Clearly, Sam Darnold has gotten comfortable throwing to him. Uh, and I should note his actual formal name is UConn's Ryan Griffin. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm obligated to say that on this podcast. <laughs> Certainly understandable A little pride in your fellow Husky And Jamison Crowder had himself a nice day too A beautiful touchdown A phenomenal throw from Sam Darnold And I looked this up Matt Jamison Crowder's got 562 yards With 6 games to go He's averaging about 69 yards per game with Darnold at quarterback. He would need 73 per game on average to reach 1,000 and become the first Jets wide receiver to hit 1,000 yards in a season since 2015 when Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall both did it. He's probably going to fall short, although anything's possible. 73 yards a game is certainly not inconceivable, even though it's not going to be easy. But he's had a really nice season, and he's going to end up being one of the best slot receivers in the league this year. Turned out to be a good signing, and Darnold and Crowder seems like a connection that we can count on watching and continuing to grow over the next couple of seasons. Certainly something to look forward to for 2020. Yeah, for sure. Those two are, you know, another duo that clearly has some good chemistry there. And uh, kind of to, to piggyback off of your stat there, I was looking up how often uh, Crowder was catching ball with Darnold in the lineup. And so in the seven games that Darnold has been in there with Crowder, I think it was he's averaging 6.4 catches per game. So, um, you know, pretty healthy number of, of grabs for Crowder with Darnold at quarterback. And uh, you compare that to when Luke Falk was in there. I think Crowder had a grand total of eight catches during those three games. So uh, clearly his involvement in this offense has ramped up a lot in the weeks where Sam Darnold's the quarterback. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, not, not ridiculous to think that he could get to a thousand. Uh, you know, I would be surprised if he started averaging 73 yards a game for sure, but um, it's, it's not inconceivable, especially if other uh, defenses continue to kind of, focus on Robbie Anderson a little bit, trying to take some of these other guys away. Um, Crowder always seems to be open, especially, I mean, when things break down and it turns into, you know, scramble drill and it's a free-for-all out there, Darnold just kind of has a knack for finding him. So uh, he certainly keeps racking up the yards that way. And 
uh, he's been a, a perfect security blanket for Sam Darnold so far. Like you said, it's been a signing that worked out, and uh, I know Jets fans love to give Mike McCagnin credit, so you, you, we'll do it here. Good, <laughs> good job by Mike McCagnin on that one. <laughs> I will say, Matt, today the offensive line wasn't a powerhouse by any means, and Chumadoga got dominated early on by Ryan Kerrigan, and I've said this before. Ryan Kerrigan is somebody that I think a lot of casual football fans don't realize how good he is. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. This is a guy that may end up with 100 career sacks. He's been one of the best players in the league since being drafted. And he has been somebody that's terrorized NFC East teams for years. Today, he was terrorizing an AFC East team, the Jets. Two sacks on Chuma Adoga. But other than that, the offensive line did okay. Alex Lewis got called for a really bad penalty. But Tom Compton, who came in and filled in for the injured Brian Winters, did all right. More proof that it's good to have offensive line depth, as if you didn't know that already, because in the past, the Jets would have had to put in somebody like Brent Quale. And while Compton is no great shakes, he's at least decent enough to put in there because he does have significant starting experience. I thought the offensive line was solid. They were by no means the Dallas Cowboys offensive line or anything like that, but they did a decent job for the most part, especially in the passing game. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of been the trend with this offensive line for a while now, right, where the pass protection is leaps and bounds ahead of the uh, you know the running game. Even, even when the pass protection is not very good, it's been way better than what they're doing in the running game. Uh, you know, they have struggled mightily to move the ball on the ground, though they started to get that going in the right direction at least a little bit today finally got a hundred yard game uh, i think it was 115 total rushing yards today so uh first time they were in triple figures in that department this uh season so that's you know another good note for the offensive line there and uh i guess a, a, a hat tip here for jonathan harrison as well it certainly seems like this offensive line has uh you know picked things up a little bit in his couple weeks in there so uh, you know, they certainly haven't missed a beat with Ryan Khalil being out. And, you know, if anything, I would think that uh, it looks like Jonathan Harrison being in the center spot has kind of, uh, you know, bolstered things and shored things up a bit. As you said, the rushing game looked better today than it has most weeks. And while they went over 100 yards, you would think that it was mostly Le'Veon Bell. And while Bell did lead the team in rushing yards, he wasn't super effective. He had 18 carries for 59 yards, so just over three yards per carry. The guy who was the most efficient here was Bilal Powell. He got seven carries and really made the most of it, 42 yards. I wonder if down the stretch this is something that Adam Gase is going to start doing because even Ty Montgomery and Josh Adams got some carries. Adams got four carries late in the game when the game was already decided, but still, you wonder with Adams on the active roster, with Powell and Montgomery there, and with the Jets maybe not wanting to wear down Bell down the stretch, perhaps we see a little bit more of a mix in terms of who gets the carries here. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Uh, it certainly seems silly if you're the Jets that, you know, if Le'Veon Bell isn't exactly thriving in the run game and you're just kind of sending him to run into a brick wall all the time, you might as well, you know, rotate some other guys in there, especially guys with maybe, you know, a little bit of a different running style just to see if you can kind of break the log jam that way. Maybe you can you know, just throw the kitchen sink at this thing and get the job done a little bit uh, differently. It certainly seemed to work today uh, down in D.C. here. Uh, like you said, Bilal Powell was efficient, running for six yards of carry. So uh, I think kind of shaking things up a little bit and uh, being able to use different guys for different runs and just mixing and matching a little bit, it's at least worth a shot at this point because uh, clearly, you know, just 
doing the same thing with Le'Veon Bell for the first nine weeks didn't really get the job done. So might as well uh, might as well start working some other guys into the fold and using the fact that the Jets have a pretty decent running back room here. Before we get to the defense, let's talk about Adam Gase a little bit here. Last week, people questioned some of his challenges. This week, he nailed both challenges, so that's positive. And the offense, as you said, was different from last week in the sense that both weeks, the Jets were able to score on their opening drive. They've actually done that four weeks in a row now. But as you said, there was a lull last week. This week, they kept their pedal to the metal the entire time and dominated from start to finish. There were some mistakes that the Jets made. Obviously, the Darnold interception, that penalty with Alex Lewis that negated a long pass play, and the fumble by Vincent Smith. The Redskins weren't able to capitalize on that, but I thought Adam Gase mostly called a pretty good game. A lot of that, I felt, was more due to Darnold's talent, but still, the challenges weren't a big problem. There were penalties, but they weren't as bad as they've been in past weeks, and the offense kept it moving the entire time. So, solid day for Adam Gase here. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I actually did a report card for Adam Gase. It was my story read at the gun when the game ended. And uh, if I remember correctly, I gave him a B-plus on the day overall. So, uh, you know, I thought he had a, a pretty solid day. I thought the play calling was fine. I thought, uh, like you said, his challenges worked well. Um, you know, it, it seems like a no-brainer kind of thing, but you always think that with clock management. Just the fact that he called a timeout uh, in the first half there to – you know, stop the clock and make sure that his offense had plenty of time to operate when they got the ball back. And, you know, that obviously led to a touchdown that worked out well, um, the consistency of the offense, you know, so uh, like you said, it was a good day for Adam Gase. And uh, I guess in turn, a, a good day for Christopher Johnson. It, uh, you know, it does not by any means mean that he has figured it out uh, a lot more to prove down the stretch one game against a bad one-win team certainly doesn't prove that you've cracked the code, but uh, certainly better to put in a good performance against the Redskins than the other way around. So um, good on Adam Gase for, you know, capitalizing on this opportunity against a a not-so-good team and, you know, making sure that they got the job done. Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. I want the Jets to challenge a play at least once per game because I absolutely need the visual of Dowell Loggins throwing the challenge flag once a game. I don't think anyone is going to argue with that. Uh, I'm, I'm perfectly good with it. I, I think the most stunning part of the game, actually, by the way, was the fact that the Jets managed to not only win both of their challenges, but they won one that was a pass interference challenge, which mm-hmm. seems like an impossible feat in the NFL nowadays. So, uh, you know, Gates was on a roll today. He was so good that he was doing basically stuff that was impossible in the NFL. Yeah, that one challenge was on an offensive pass interference on Demarius Thomas that looked bogus from the jump, and thankfully the referees recognized that in the replay and overturned it. Let's talk a little bit about the defense now, Matt, and where else would we start but Jamal Adams? For the second week in a row, he was rolling. This is one of the best games he's ever played, and this is one of the best games I've seen from any Jet defender in a long, long time. Three sacks all over the field today. Now, as Michael Nanny and I were talking about earlier, we're going to have to look at the All-22s to see who is more at fault on that long pass play to McLaren that got called back, whether it was Adams or Neville Hewitt. But overall, it sure seemed like Jamal Adams continued with the momentum 
that he picked up after that bad game in Miami. It seems like ever since he talked to Joe Douglas and Adam Gase, he's turned a corner and become the dominant player again that everybody knew him to be. And Matt, I thought this was interesting too. Not only did he tie an NFL record today for most sacks by a defensive back in a single game with three, tying him with Todd Bell, who set the record in 1983, Carnell Lake, Adrian Wilson, Lawyer Malloy, Mike Hilton, Rodney Harrison, and Troy Palomalu, but he also has a real chance to break the all-time record for sacks in a single season by a defensive back. That record is currently held by Adrian Wilson, who was playing with the Cardinals when he set the record. He had eight that season in 2011. Jamal Adams is at six with six games to go. So he has a real chance not only to break that record, but to become the first defensive back to have 10 sacks in a season. That would be mind-blowing. Could you imagine that, Matt, if he became the first player for the Jets to have double-digit sacks since Muhammad Wilkerson did it in 2015? This would be a safety doing this. He has just been a powerhouse the last couple weeks. Yeah, uh, dude might be good at football. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just another really, really good performance by Jamal Adams. I mean, you said he has a chance to to break the record for sacks by a DB this season. Uh, If he keeps going at this rate, he's going to break it next week. I mean, (laughs) two sacks last week, strip sacks, both of them, and then he follows it up with three this week. I mean, just (laughs) unbelievable couple weeks for Jamal Adams here. And, um, you know, once again, the the necessary caveat, I suppose, of – doing it against some bad offensive lines, some bad offenses, rookie quarterbacks against, you know, the Giants and Daniel Jones and the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins. So um, there is that. But, I mean, five sacks in two weeks is five sacks in two weeks. He's still playing, you know, NFL football against other NFL football players, and he is making the game look pretty darn simple for him right now. So uh, Jamal turned in a a good one here. Uh, Like you said, chances for this to be a a historic season for him. And, um you know, how fittingly weird that is that the guy that the Jets may or may not have tried to trade and then had a dramatic falling out and then repairing of the relationship. And it's a, it perfectly fits with this insane Jets season that, you know, all of this drama that happened with Jamal Adams will somehow lead to him becoming, uh, you know, the guy that had the best safety season ever. Should throw in there that the first sack by Jamal Adams was largely opened up by Quinn Williams, who was taking on multiple blockers at the time. So, again, I know that he's not making those splash plays that we're all looking for, but he's doing what Greg Williams is asking him to do. He's getting in there, stunting, two-gapping, taking on multiple blockers, and you're seeing the results when you see guys like Adams and Nathan Shepard cashing in for sacks. I will say this, though, Matt. One negative for Jamal Adams today. He lost the team lead in interceptions. That now belongs to Neville Hewitt, who came back from injury. Hewitt has not been great this season, but he's been solid enough as a replacement for Avery Williamson. Nobody is going to mistake him for Avery Williamson, and certainly no one's mistaking him for C.J. Mosley. But I think he's done a capable job this season, and he came back and made some plays in this game as well. Yeah, and just wrapping up on Jamal real quick, I mean, you said he lost the team lead in interceptions, but he has the team lead in basically every other defensive mm-hmm. category, so I think he'll be just fine for now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, getting Neville Hewitt back in there, certainly a nice boost for the Jets, uh, you know, much needed. They have been kind of uh, fighting a lot of turnover at that inside linebacker spot. You know, James Burgess and Brandon Copeland holding down the fort recently. Not exactly the combination that Jets fans were looking for at the beginning of the season. 
Um, you know, not that they were hoping to have Neville Hewitt play extended snaps either, but, um, you know, certainly rather that than the alternative. So um, good for the Jets to get him back in there. He looked solid. So um, a step in the right direction, especially after, you know, basically a month off, I think it was four games that Neville Hewitt missed. So, um, you know, pretty impressive for him to, to come back and, you know, not look particularly rusty in his return. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Overall, a really strong performance by the defense, and especially the defensive line. Nathan Shepard has come alive the last two weeks. You have to imagine this is the player that the Jets thought they were getting when they drafted him in the third round back in 2018. He's played very well since coming back off that suspension, particularly the last two weeks. And that unit has done a terrific job of stuffing the run. Adrian Peterson didn't really get much going today. And they were getting some pressure. They got pressure on Daniel Jones last week. They got a lot of pressure on Dwayne Haskins this week. In fact, that clip exists now that you can see online of Dwayne Haskins yelling at his offensive line, what do I need to do to make your life easier? He was clearly very frustrated by the Jet defensive line. They continue to be the best unit on this team by leaps and bounds, and they are growing into one of the league's best. Yeah, and Mike McCagnan's heater continues, man. And, you know, Nathan <laughs> Shepard, Foley Fadakasi, Kyle Phillips. Who who said Mike McCagnan didn't know how to identify talent? The guy is absolutely on a roll on the defensive line right now. So, uh, you know, that, I guess that was his parting gift for the Jets was, uh, you know, a bunch of young, good offensive or defensive linemen that are, uh, you know, stuff in the run. So uh, it has been impressive. The Jets, I think it's two straight weeks with six sacks now, which – um, again, caveat, bad offensive lines, all of that, but still 12 sacks, two weeks, that is good. Uh, don't really care who you're playing against. That is objectively good one way or another. So, um, you know, as with all of this, the, the big key for the Jets is going to be carrying it over and actually, you know, doing some of these same good things against 
you know, higher level NFL competition, you know, teams that are actually competitive uh, teams like the Raiders that they're going to be playing next week. So uh, if you start to do uh, some of this stuff against a team like that, that's, you know, above 500, kind of in the mix, and all of a sudden everything looks like it's, you know, maybe you're turning the corner a little bit. Maybe things really are falling into place a little bit. Um, for right now, you got to take all of this with a bit of a grain of salt and just kind of take it at face value as a, a good day against a bad team, but uh, can't put too much stock into it yet. So the Jets will have their chances soon enough. But um, for now, you know, a, a good day, a, a fun day for the Jets, and they get to pad the stat lines a bit. Since we're giving Mike McCagnin credit today, let's continue to do that by talking about a couple more players that he brought in. First of all, third round of the 2016 draft, he took Jordan Jenkins out of the University of Georgia. Jordan Jenkins with another strong game. He had a big pass deflection on a third down to force a punt. Also, Blessin Austin, who's looking like a late round gem. Played very well in relief last week. Played very well again today. Small sample size, but we saw his ranginess. We saw his athleticism. We saw his size on display. He has good instincts. This is a player who, at least from a physical standpoint, Jamal Westerman talked about on the podcast as being similar to Antonio Cromartie. Now, he wasn't saying that he was going to be as good as Antonio Cromartie, just that from a physical standpoint, he reminded him of Antonio Cromartie. He played very well, and Arthur Millette, who the Jets were able to bring in out of nowhere, he played a little bit in the preseason, didn't do much in the regular season until last week when the injuries and ineffectiveness hit. He was good today, and the reason you know he was good is because you didn't really hear his name. And with a cornerback, a lot of times, if you don't hear his name, that means that he's not doing anything wrong. So... Arthur Millette, Blessing Austin, Jordan Jenkins, all doing well and all pitching in for this Jets team. I'll tell you something, Matt. If Blessing Austin can show enough down the stretch to make the Jets believe that he could be a starting cornerback going forward, it will make Joe Douglas's life a heck of a lot easier because everybody has assumed that he's going to need to go out and get two brand new starting cornerbacks in the offseason. If he only has to get one, that's going to be a huge weight off of his shoulders. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, you know, it's still very early days to start assuming that or, you know, hoping for that, I, I would say. I mean, you got to see it for at least these next six, six weeks before you can believe it. But even if, I mean, even if he could be kind of what Daryl Roberts was last year, where he's the, you know, the third corner, the, you know, the guy that comes in if one of the top two outside corners gets hurt, that'd be a, a nice role for Bless Austin in his second season and another thing kind of off the list for Joe Douglas because, you know, if you had told me two weeks ago how many corners are the Jets going to need, I was going to say, you know, just get rid of basically everyone in the room and, you know, <laughs> fill it out again. So uh, anyone that he can find that's a capable cornerback that's on this roster already that he can, you know, have stick around and uh, keep in some meaningful roles is certainly going to make his offseason to-do list a little shorter, a little simpler. So, yeah, Bless Austin has looked good so far. Uh, with him, obviously, a big chunk of it is going to be whether or not he stays healthy, and that's kind of the scary part with him is it's just you know unpredictable you never really know what could be uh lurking around the corner so um that is also something to keep in mind if you're the jets i suppose if you're uh contemplating making him one of your starting corners for next year can you trust that he's going to stay healthy for 16 games not really a question i can answer um not one that adam Gase can answer as he likes to tell us all the time he's not a doctor um so you know, I guess you leave that up to the medical staff and your trainers and whether or not you can trust him to stay healthy. But so far, he's been great. 
Arthur Millette, like you said, you know, pretty much just blended in. So as a cornerback, that's a job well done. And uh, Jordan Jenkins, yeah, you know, he's had a good season, uh, despite the fact that he is now trailing Jamal Adams in sacks. So I don't think that's going to sit well with Jenkins at all. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, Mike, Mike McCagg's an appreciation podcast. You saw this one coming. I love when you brought up the fact that Adam Gase likes to remind you guys that he's not a doctor. It reminds me of that Dom Herrera bit when he says, I love when people say to me something medical and then they say, but you know, I'm not a doctor, Dom. It's like, oh, you don't say. You're not a doctor, huh? I saw you having trouble opening that soda can, but I'm shocked to learn that you're not a doctor. So <laughs> good to know that Adam Gase is not a doctor. But we will get into what he had to say about the injuries in a little bit. He may not be a doctor, but I hope that he was able to update you guys with what was going on with the injuries. So we'll get to that in a bit. But first... Sam Ficken, he's been a bit of a mixed bag, missed an extra point today, missed a field goal. Starting to think this guy is going to be on shaky ground once the end of the season comes. Yeah, or, you know, if you keep up these performances potentially a little bit sooner because, you know, it's not like the Jets have to worry about, uh, you know, what do they have to lose down the stretch. But if you bring in another guy and he's not any good either, it's not the end of the world, but they have kind of free reign to give a guy a tryout in a real game situation if they really want to. So uh, if you're Sam Ficken, you're skating on thin ice for sure. Uh, I don't fault him too, too much for the missed field goal. It is a 49-yard field goal. So, um, you know, your odds on it, it's not like it's a chip shot by any means. The, the PAT is more egregious in my mind for sure. But um, when you combine the two, it certainly doesn't paint a good picture for him on the day. And, uh, you know, he, he's got to start – Improving on that, making some more kicks these next couple of weeks to kind of uh, get himself back on sturdier ground. Because uh, if if not, who knows? It could could get a little dicey for Sam Ficken either this season or, or in the off season, like you mentioned. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a sixty-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's go inside the locker room, Matt. What did Coach Gase have to say? Yeah, I mean, he was... uh pleased obviously but uh pretty measured and, and that was kind of the the theme throughout the locker room afterward was um and, and I think that was probably an encouraging thing if you're a Jets fan I mean this <laughs> this team has obviously won pretty infrequently over the last few years and kind of has had trouble dealing with and handling success and you know stacking wins and that's part of the why that this was the first time in 13 months they've won back-to-back games so um the fact that, you know, after some other wins, maybe the team would ride a little too high, get a little too hyped up about winning. Today, that wasn't really the case. Um, Adam Gase was pleased, but uh, certainly grounded. Uh, you know, talked about some stuff that they still have to clean up a little bit and, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, he was, he, like everyone else, was uh, a little bit bland uh, after the game. Not going to lie. I mean, how much interesting stuff can you really say about a 17 point win over the Redskins when you're now three and seven on the year but um, he was certainly pleased um, I know you mentioned the injury updates he, the only one he gave us was about Chuma Doga 
obviously he didn't finish the game ankle injury. Uh, he just said that he, you know, didn't really have many details. Now they're still working on that. So going to have to check back in with Adam on the Monday conference call and see if we get a further update there. But um, for now he was, you know, happy with how the offensive line worked and, you know, obviously thrilled that the running game got going a little bit and kind of credited a lot of the offensive success with the fact that they were pretty good on first down and, you know, we're getting ahead of the chains and setting themselves up in favorable down and distances. So, um, you know, it's it's all those little things that add up in a football game, and that's kind of what had Adam Gase uh, riding high a little bit after this one. What did the players have to say? Yeah, so I, the most interesting thing that I heard in the locker room, at least, came from Jordan Jenkins when I asked him about Jamal Adams and his performance, and uh, unexpectedly, but and and he was joking, obviously, but. Jordan Jenkins, his first couple words out of his mouth were expletives when I asked him about Jamal Adams because he said <laughs> that that effort uh, stole my damn sack. And, uh, you know, he's like, so I'm happy for him, but I'm only happy for two of his three sacks for the day. Um, so I, I guess Jordan Jenkins thought that he should have had one of those there and uh, was a little bitter about it, a little bitter about losing the team lead on the sack leaderboard there. But, um, yeah, obviously all the defensive guys were – uh, raving about Jamal Adams and uh, the offensive guys were all raving about Sam Darnold and um, you know about what you expected uh, Jamal Adams was asked kind of uh, about the fact that after last week's game he said that he thought he could still even play better and, and take things to another level and uh, Rich Samini shout out to him from ESPN he uh, asked Jamal you know do you think this was kind of a, a step was you know did this take you to the next level and Jamal looked at him and smiled and said, what do you think? And uh, that was just his response to it more or less. And, uh, you know, he was pretty good about it, though. He was good-natured in his press conference throughout and uh, was joking around with us and just said, you know, he's focusing on on getting better and just trying to keep improving. So um, he's doing his best to not get wrapped up in all of this, but he uh, clearly is enjoying the fact that Greg Williams is going to him uh, with some more blitzes of late and, uh, you know, kind of relishes the opportunity to increase the responsibility in that part of his game. So clearly that is a formula that's working well for the Jets right now, working well for Jamal Adams. Uh, the defensive guys were all, all about it. Uh, and then the offensive guys were all about Sam Darnold. And, you know, we're happy with how he worked, uh, you know, the, the party line that keeps coming up is just that Sam Darnold has kind of taken command of this offense a little bit more over the last few weeks and is asserting himself a little bit more. And uh, things are kind of molding around him a bit better now that he has kind of fully grasped things and, you know, isn't afraid to kind of pipe up and um, be a little bit more vocal when he needs to be. And, uh, you know, kind of tell Adam Gase how he does and doesn't want to run some things. So, uh, all of that is certainly good news if you're a Jets fan. Um, like I've said a few times, you obviously want to see it put in play uh, against some higher-level competition before you kind of fully buy into the hype. But uh, at the very least, it, it certainly looks like the trend line is going in the correct direction at this point. Just to circle back to Adams for a second, since we talked about him before and we know that he mentioned himself in the same vein as Aaron Donald a couple of weeks ago. I thought this was interesting. 
It's not exactly an apples-to-apples apples comparison based on the positions that the two guys play and the opportunities that they have. Adams coming in mostly on blitzes and Aaron Donald having to go at the passer every single time it's a passing down. But so far this season through 10 games, Jamal Adams, six sacks, Aaron Donald, six sacks. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and actually uh, I was just with Connor Hughes a little while ago and he uh, had tweeted out that stat and uh, – you know, kind of tongue in cheek was the, you know, why he tweeted it out. And we were having dinner and he looked at me and goes, Oh God, Rams fans are not happy. His mentions, I guess, are a cesspool of Rams fans yelling at him right now about how Aaron Donald gets double and triple teamed and how it's not the same thing. So, uh, like you were saying, not an apples to apples comparison, but it is kind of funny that, uh, you know, a few weeks ago we were all kind of, uh, deriding Jamal Adams for, putting himself in that same class and now here we are Jamal Adams potentially on his way to a, a record-breaking season and tied in sacks with the guy that he said that he was uh, you know kind of pictured himself being in that same status so uh, the NFL world is a funny one man things change quickly gotta tell Connor that's why you mute responses to a tweet like that <laughs> yeah that's, that I will make sure I let him know that for sure one moment that I thought was really funny, and I don't know if you got to see this in the press box, Matt, or if anybody made you aware of it, but they caught it on television. There was a point in time where there was a stoppage in play and the Jets' offense was huddled around, and Josh Norman kind of snuck in there, and it looked like the Jets didn't realize that he was in there and that he was listening or trying to get some intel. Reminded me a little bit of a few years ago when Bobby Valentine was manager of the Mets. I should say it was more than a few years ago. Bobby Valentine hasn't been manager of the Mets for a while now, but he got ejected from a game and then came back onto the bench wearing a Mr. Potato Head disguise. I always love stuff like that because it brings a little bit of levity to what's otherwise a very tense situation. I don't know if you guys saw that in the press box, but I thought it was hilarious. I actually didn't see that, but that is really funny. Um, you know, I appreciate that too. And it's sports. It's supposed to be fun, funny, joke around, make it lighthearted. So no problem with that. I always love the Bobby V, uh, you know, the, the sun, like the glasses and mustache, uh, deal. So, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, uh, that is funny. I wish I had seen that. I might have to try to see if I can sneak out the video or, uh, you know, probably check it out when I watch the game back on tape. But um, yeah, that is, that is entertaining for uh, Josh Norman to go in there and, uh, you know, funnier that the Jets didn't exactly figure it out quickly. You would think you would uh, pick up on the guy in the different colored uniform pretty fast. Matt, anything else that we missed? Nope. That is about it. And, uh, not the most exciting day in D.C. Uh, you missed a uh, man. If anyone's ever been down to that stadium, it is it is grim down there. So, uh, you know, D.C. is a fun place. I certainly recommend the city. But uh, as far as the stadium goes, uh, if you're planning a road trip, FedEx Field wouldn't be at the, the top of my bucket list. But to each his own. I know it's a nice short train ride and uh, an easy trip for Jets fans. So. Hope everyone that came down had a, had a good time, especially seeing a win. Uh, you know, nice change of pace if you're a Jets fan. What'd you do while you were in D.C.? Did you get an opportunity to go to some good restaurants on that NJ.com expense account? Yeah, for sure. Bounced around a bit on uh, Saturday. I actually walked 14 miles around the city. It was just bouncing around, checking out the sites and everything like that, walking around the National Mall and everything, and, uh, you know, had a Good dinner with a couple of the other guys Saturday night and uh, same thing here again Sunday night after 
the game, uh, hanging out not too far from the White House here down by Metro Center. Um, so, you know, pretty pretty good road trip. I really like D.C., so uh, enjoy spending a weekend down here. So can't complain about that by uh, by any means. My apologies, Matt. I forgot to recommend some good restaurants for you, but I'm sure that Andy Vasquez took care of that, right? Yeah, he did. We uh, we had eaten well this trip for sure. Uh, he and I knocked out Ben's Chili Bowl on Saturday uh, for lunch, so a nice D.C. staple there for lunch, and uh, have hit a couple other good spots along the way as well. So, um, you know, appreciate you thinking of me, but it's, it's okay. We managed to make the best of it. <laughs> As did the Jets And to be fair, the Redskins A terrible team, playing terrible football Dwayne Haskins looked lost for a lot of the day The offense and defense For the Redskins looked fairly incompetent And the Jets Gave them plenty of opportunities That they were so bad they couldn't cash in on A decent team would have And it would have been a much tougher day For the Jets, but as they say, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. Today, it was the Jets and the Redskins. The Jets did what they had to do. And early on, when the Jets looked like they were giving away the opportunity to really pull away, they ended up taking advantage of opportunities later on and did pull away to the point where you could have made a case for David Fales coming into the game late because it was so out of hand. That's what you want to see. You haven't seen anything like that with the Jets this year. The only blowouts have been from the other end, so it's nice to see the Jets finally getting a blowout, even if it was against a really bad team. And now they come back home to take on the Oakland Raiders Sunday, a much tougher task because the Raiders actually have a winning record. They're outperforming what most people thought they would be this year, and the Jets are going to have their hands full against John Gruden, Derek Carr, and the Raiders this coming Sunday. But for now, we will just enjoy the Jets' victory as they defeat the Redskins 34-17 in a game that was nowhere near as close as the score because the Redskins got some points and yards and garbage time, but the Jets thoroughly dominated this game. And the only reason that they weren't so far ahead that it was over by the end of the first half is because of the mistakes that occurred in the first half. But like we said, Sam Darnold only had one really bad throw. The rest of the day, he was really good, and that is what you want to see. Not only in terms of the Jets, but if you placed a wager on this game, because you might have bet the over-under on how many touchdowns Sam Darnold was going to throw. If you picked the over... You probably won, by the way. You may also have bet on this game between the Jets and the Redskins, or you could have had other prop bets like the fact that the Jets were going to go over 100 yards rushing for the first time this season. If you bet on that, you would have won. If you would have bet on Jamal Adams having over two sacks today, you would have won that one too. And you could have won all this money over at mybookie.ag, where when you sign up and use the promo code OVERTIME, you'll get 50% of your first deposit matched up to $1,000. So the max is $2,000. They'll give you $1,000. Anything below that, they'll match your first deposit 50%. You can bet on the Jets every week. You can bet on the props like I was talking about, or you can bet on all the rest of the games around the league. All you've got to do is go over to mybookie.ag and sign up using the promo code OVERTIME, and they will match 50% of your first deposit. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. And when you place your bet, a lot of times you want to be at the stadium live because it's much more fun to root for your bet to come through live in person. So you might have made that trip out to Washington, D.C. And if you went to the game, you wanted to make sure that you had good tickets because even though it's not like flying to Florida, it's still a long car trip a long train ride, or even a flight that's going to cost a few bucks. So you want to make the trip worth it, get really good seats, 
And the place to do that is at Vivid Seats because if you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME, you will get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. You can use that promo code on a Jets game or you can buy tickets to something else. Maybe there's a concert in town that you want to see. Billy Joel plays at Madison Square Garden every month. Might want to use it for that. The Radio City Christmas Spectacular is coming to town here in New York. You might want to use it for that. Perhaps you want to go to a basketball game or a hockey game, a wrestling match. Anything you want to see, you can get great tickets for it at Vivid Seats. And again, if you download the Vivid Seats mobile app, use the promo code OVERTIME, you will get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Matt Siblikowski from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media. Thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. I'm hoping that you have a safe trip home. I'm not sure if you're doing Amtrak or a plane or you're carpooling, whatever it is, but get back safe. And I know that before you get back, you've got plenty that you're going to be publishing at NJ.com slash Jets. So if people want to go over there and read your work, what are they going to find? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned, kind of had a a breakdown of Gase and his coaching performance that went up right at the end of the game. Uh, And then for Monday morning, got a bunch of stuff, uh, a little bit more just on the fact that the Jets locker room seemed uh, a little bit more grounded and kind of sober than after most wins the last couple of years that I've been on the beat. Uh, Just kind of got the sense in there that uh, they were handling this a little bit differently than they have uh, previous wins. So I have some story. uh, So I have something on that. Uh, Also have, something on uh, just kind of what this mean, what this win means for the Jets, uh, you know, going forward, kind of big picture stuff, uh, you know, some reasons for hope coming out of this one. And then a couple of reasons, you know, to still be concerned as well. And uh, then also just, you know, look at the top performers and some of the guys that struggled in this game. You know, we obviously touched on some of those names here and uh, one or two other things as well. So definitely head over to NJ.com slash Jets. Uh, you know, Monday morning here, plenty of stuff coming and uh, stick with us as well the next six weeks here while we wind the season down. Still plenty more Jet stuff to come, obviously. And then uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter as well. It's M underscore S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. Go ahead and follow Matt on Twitter at M underscore S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. Read his work over at NJ.com slash Jets. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.